Well, I know she doesn't want a title fight, but I think her big dream and her goal is to fight in the United States. Because uh, right now, the U.S. is opening up to women's boxing. Uh, the money is bigger. The exposure is bigger. And basically, this is becoming like the center of the boxing world. And for women, it's brand new to them. And she, her team wants to come up here. So, I mean, I would imagine that, I mean, I would imagine that if she has a pretty good team behind her, I mean, I don't know if, if a good idea for her would be kind of to do kind of like what, um, uh, shout up in, what was her name? The, the Kazakhstan fighter out of fighting out of LA. Um, Jeez, I'm drawing a blank too. <laughs> well, fighting on a, like maybe club level show, maybe paying for the fight, getting the opponent, and so that she could start making some noise in the United States because she hasn't fought in the United States yet. Maybe pick up a fight there. Maybe do it in LA where I believe there might be somewhat of a sizable Costa Rican market there, um, and just start kind of getting her name out. Maybe that's a good idea for her team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there is a, a big Central American community in Los Angeles, and they they go to the fights. As Chocolatito proved in his fight ventures there, and uh, the, the Nicaraguans, the Costa Ricans, and uh, the Panamanians, they all show up to the fights, and they've all proven to 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 be willing to buy a ticket to go see them. Well, there you go. Maybe that would be a good idea for the Valle team to look into that. Also, Saturday, August the 25th, from Denmark, Dina Torsland scored a unanimous decision against Jessica Regin Munoz in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBC 122-pound title. Um, that's just a weird title. I'm going to have to look into that because that title is being disputed this week, too. But I think it was the interim title. Dina Torsland is the WBC interim champion. Let me double-check that real quick. Super Bantamweight. Yeah. Uh, WBC. Actually, no. I mean, Oh, that's that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interim. Dina Torsen is the interim, and Sarika Fatuma Sarika is the full-fledged champion. So Dina scored that vacant WBC title. Actually, it was defense, so it wasn't vacant. She's had that title since March, and the scores there were 192 times in 99-91 uh, one time. So it was a very uh, decisive win for Torsen fighting in her home country. And lastly, in the results from Friday, August the 31st, Coahuila, Mexico, it was not televised, but we did talk about it in our last show where we wish it was going to be televised. Yeah. But Montserrat Alarcón scored a split decision win over Mayela Perez in a 10-rounder in a 102-pound division be a atom weight uh, title. So Montserrat Alarcón becomes the first woman to win a title at that um, – at that weight class, the first Mexican woman has been uh, dominated by Asians, although uh, uh, WBA interim in recess champion is a Venezuelan Maria Milano, but um, it has been uh, dominated by Asian women, Japanese women, mostly Momo Kasuki or Momi Kaseki was the W and she retired, so now it's vacant titles vacant and the WBO title is owned by Mika Iwakawa who is Japanese so for the first time in the history of the 102 pound division only seen in female boxing a Mexican has captured that title in Montserrat Alarcón so that was all the fight that 
that were that were big enough to be talked about here on the two minute round for the last couple of weeks. So moving on to our fight chatter, and we do want to remind you that if you want to call in and speak up, you can do so at two at three two three five eight zero five seven three five three two three five eight zero five but in about uh maybe five ten minutes we're gonna have Amaris Quintana our special guest this week to talk about uh what is up next for her she's the WBC international 105 pound champion so we'll see what is up for her next I do want to talk to her about the fight that's happening this weekend between Harden and Flores and see what are her thoughts on uh, but David, you had the opportunity to. Where was the uh, the public workout held at in Los Angeles? They had it at the Wild Card West in Santa Monica Beach, and uh, it's okay. a small place. Not many people go there, uh, but it's it's very secluded. Uh, most of the Europeans go there. Okay. Uh, so how how was it? What did you see? Did you have a chance to speak to Harden and Flores? And what was that? Uh, what was that conversation? Yeah, they're, they're both uh, primed and ready. Uh, they both look very, very sharp. Um, uh, Brenda's a little taller than Louisa. Uh, both, I wasn't aware that both had two kids each. And um, so that, that's kind of, uh, you would think it would be common, but it's not very common that you have fighters with kids fight each other. It's very unusual because usually fighters are like nomads. And they have no attachments except for the boxing ring. And so to see two mothers going to go at it, that's kind of a a, a, a new development. You only but see that very, at the uh, park? You usually only see that, that at the parking lot of the elementary, local elementary school, huh? <laughs> two yeah, mothers going right. at it. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a good fight. Uh, Houghton is the next champion. She's one at the light. Flyweight and she's dropping down. Uh, Brenda's also fought for the title at the light flyweight level 108, and she's dropping down. So it's going to be a, a different. Uh, they're both dropping down, so it, it's kind of even. It's an even fight, at least on the scale. Well, one thing I, I mean, I, I'm pretty familiar with Brenda Flores because she is from Tijuana. I've seen the majority of her fights, and mm-hmm. she's taller. And she's also, um, I think she might be bigger, like, and you're going to be able to be attest to this because you're going to be at the fight. But I think that yeah. she's going to be bigger come fight night inside the ring because she she began her career like at 112 pounds and gradually she has been coming down uh, in weight. I think her last title challenge was at 105. She oh, challenged okay. Silvia so Torres. She very slim. Yeah, she looks very slim, but she started like she started her career like uh, at 110, 112, and then gradually she fought at 112 uh, for quite a while, and then even as high as 115, 116, and then gradually has been going down since a couple of years ago to 110, 109, 108. Um, so she's been staying under 110 in the, for the last couple of years, but her last, uh, I think her only title. Um, her only world title challenge was at 105 pounds against Silvia Torres, the sister of Ana Maria Torres, and she ended up losing a unanimous decision. Now, you do a little bit taller, so he, that's going to be the question, that if she's going to be able to use her 
her height and her reach advantage to be able to keep a very mobile and very athletic and very agile Louisa Hodden at bay. Um, yeah. I don't, Pretty I think awesome. Louisa Hodden, yeah, I think Louisa Hodden is faster. Um, she's not as experienced. She's 33 years old versus Brenda Flores is 25. Now, whoever yeah. wins this fight is going to be the first fighter from their country to win the WBC no Mexican has won that title before. Actually, I'm not 100% sure. I think, yeah, I think so. No, no Mexican has ever won that title before. The 105, but they haven't won the 102. And Australia has never had a female world champion, as far as I can tell. I think oh. that she's the only world champion, female world champion out of Australia ever. So she's already uh, uh, made some... Uh, Created some history there. So I spoke to Brenda Flores fight. I see Luisa Hodder fight. And although I think I think I'm gonna edge a little bit on Luisa Hodder because I think her agility is gonna be a little bit too much for Brenda. And I think Brenda not gonna be overwhelmed, but I don't think she has. Even though she's fought. Um, and she's actually fought for a world title. She's never fought a fighter like Luisa Hodden. You know, these Mexican girls who's never fought out of Mexico, and this is Brenda Flores' first fight out of Mexico, um, they always fight the same type of fighter. They always fight the girl that's going to stand right in front of them and is going to, you know, brawl it out. You might have a a counterpuncher face, but you're not going to have a fighter that is going to be mobile, that's going to use her legs to give you different angles and maybe not go back straight in a straight line, but maybe use her angles to get out of the way and then come back at you. And I think that's going to be the difference where Luisa Haddon, if she does that, which we've seen that's her style, that it didn't really work against Anaí Torres, who she lost to back in March in her first and only professional loss. But the difference between Anaí Torres and Brenda Flores is that Anaí Torres is very, very, very experienced, and she's fought all kinds of different styles. I mean, she's fought Sinis Estrada. She's fought, um, you know, all kinds of different fighters. And uh, so I think that's going to be the difference. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely is. Brenda, this is also a dream of hers to fight in the United States, she's saying. She's visited the U.S., but she always wanted to fight here. And the other thing, too, is that she's going to be fighting in front of a lot of people. Uh, sometimes it makes a yeah. difference. Sometimes fighters freeze. Uh, they see this huge, massive humanity, and and uh, it can cut, it can make some changes in their style or their attitude. In that world title fight against Torres, she did fight in the in front of the biggest crowd that she's ever fought. She's fought in Tijuana oh, okay. in front of some. She's fought in, in Tijuana in front of some big crowds. Um, she's fought on TV before. She's had the cameras in front of her face and the lights in front of her face. She's never fought in, in front of, I don't know, what are you expecting that night? Like 10,000? 10, 10, 10, yeah, she's never fought in front of 10,000 yeah. uh, fight fans. So that is going to be a difference. And like you say, you know, first time in the United States, things in the United States are quite different than in Mexico when it comes to uh, dressing room, when it comes to the supervisor that's going to be watching the way that they wrap and, and just a different type of uh, atmosphere when you fight in the United States versus you fight in Mexico. Now, her trainer, former fighter, his name is Sergio Sanchez. He's a former fighter, but he's, 
He's been a trainer for quite a while here in Mexico. He's actually been a nutritionist as well or a strength and conditioning coach for client that he had was Jorge Travieso Arce. So um, he's experienced. He's brought fighters into the United States. He knows what it means to to be in the United States and follow the rules of the United States. But Brenda Flores has never been in that situation. So like you say, David, we're going to see how that affects us. Yeah, it changes some people. It causes a little shock to them. Mm-hmm. Now, another fight that was announced for October 6th um, was – it was just announced yesterday, and it hasn't been a lot of hoopla because it's still, you know, about a month away. But it, And it's going to be in England. It's going to be in Leicester, England. But it's going to be between former Olympian Nicola Adams at 115 pounds against former world title challenger and somewhat former world champion. She was a WBF champion, Isabel Millan. And they're going to be fighting at 115 pounds on October 6th for the WBO interim super flyweight title, David. So uh, that's a pretty good fight. I mean, obviously the favorite there is going to be Nicola Adams. She's very talented. She has a, 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 the same agility. Uh, Isabel Millan, very tough. She's won on foreign land. She won her WBF title in France. She went to uh, Japan and gave Naoko Fuyoka a pretty good fight before she was stopped in the 10th and final round. She showed a lot of heart in that fight, and she's going to be going to get, do the upset in um, in Leicester, England. So we are waiting for Amaris Quintana to call in. To uh, She's going to be calling to talk to us about what is coming up next in her career and talk about a little bit more about what's going on, what's happened, and why she was out of the a year's quite interesting story, a good story. It starts off a little bit tragically, but it ends up with a with a good ending and a happy ending. So that's good, and she'll tell us all about that. But Dave, a little bit of a controversy or a little bit of what's going on is, you know, not not everybody, at least in the Twitter world, because I've been following it, and you've been kind of caught up in the middle of it as well, being that you're one of the premier female boxing writers in the United States, if not. The number one, that's you. Some people might say other people. I go with you, like you go with Leila MacArthur as number one. I go with you as number one. But, you know, some people might argue there's somebody else, right? Like I say that it's Cecilia Breakhouse, but that's neither here nor there. But some people have been criticizing this sixth title fight for Amanda Serrano. You know, some people, I mean, I've said my piece where I believe that that is not as impressive. You you said that you are impressed by the feat if she happens to do it this Saturday on September 8th, and we're going to give more details about that. But other people in the Twitter world have stated that they're not as impressed, and they're actually upset and somewhat insulted that the promotion is comparing this feat to Manny Pacquiao and Oscar de la Hoya. What do you think about that? Uh, it's just... Um... I mean, you, you can even contend some of the titles that they won, too. You could say they won it against inferior uh, competition, and maybe the uh, Oscar won his at 130 against the guy from Denmark that nobody knew. Uh, I mean, you can make an argument for anybody. You can't please everybody. People are like that. People are, you know, they got an opinion. They want to give it. So be it, you know. But you can't please everybody. So. Yeah. 
I think that this any time you go up and wait and you face somebody who's fought for the title, you know that girl's good. And she's never been knocked out. She may be slow. I don't know. I've never seen her fight. But she is a legitimate 140-pound fighter. Amanda Serrano is not. She just fought as low as 118. So she's going from 118 all the way to 140. Now, some people say that's not a big thing. Um, it's a real big thing, very big thing. They, it's just people who say that have never fought different weight classes. They don't know the difference. They don't know that it's a huge difference. Every division is different and has its own dangers. Um, she's not fighting the best, 140-pounder? No, absolutely not. She's not. You can't blame her for that. She's fighting somebody who did fight for the world title, so that's... That's a dangerous opponent, in my mind. I mean, she's what, not the best, but she's dangerous. What weight did she fight at, at in MMA? 135. So I think she it was is, 135. Yeah. So in the boxing ring, she's got, her last fight in the boxing ring was as low as 118. But the last time that she put on a pair of gloves, although there were, what are they, four-ounce gloves over there? Or six-ounce? Yeah. Four-ounce? I think it's four. Yeah, so the so the last time she put on a, a pair of gloves was at 135 pounds. Now today, yeah. they had their their last their 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 last press conference before the event on Saturday night, and obviously both women were there. They faced off, obviously fully clothed. I don't even I I didn't notice, so I didn't even uh, look to see if they were wearing heels or they weren't wearing heels, or one was wearing heels and the other one wasn't. But just from the pictures. Kind of looked like the same size. I mean, uh, the the Argentinian doesn't have, by the looks, just by, the, again, I don't know if some one was wearing heels and the other one wasn't, or whatever the case may be. She looked like she didn't have an atta- advantage in height. Um, they looked around the mm-hmm. same size. So, but obviously the what we're gonna do Friday at the weigh-in and the pictures that come out of there and see what they look like there see how Amanda Serrano carries that 140 pounds. I mean, she looked pretty good at 135 in MMA as far physically at the weigh-in when she made 135 pounds. I mean, she didn't look heavy like some fighters tend to do when they go up all that much higher in weight. Um, but obviously, we're going to see that yeah. tomorrow. And then at the end, we're going to see it on Saturday night on, um, from I, from uh, I think she actually Saturday. weighed about 130. She actually weighed about 130, but the girl she fought was a heavier girl because she lost her original opponent. So she had a fight at 135, and she I think she came in light to fight that now girl. Now, we, we had Amarna Serrano here right before she went to MMA and had her pro debut there, and she mentioned she gave us a, a pretty good exclusive interview where she kind of gave us her thoughts and and why she was leaving boxing. Obviously, it's no secret that she doesn't feel like in boxing she's getting the the respect or the monetary compensation that she feels she deserves. Yeah. And it's her very it's her right, a hundred percent, to go where she feels she needs to go to earn what she needs to earn. I don't know if you've spoken to her lately, uh, uh, David. I know that you have contact with them somewhat more than I do, obviously, but has she indicated, have you seen that if, if she wins the title on Saturday night, 
that she is willing to face other 140 in boxing, or is she going to just the title and then go back to MMA and just claim the sixth title in six divisions? Um, I think it's really a matter of money. She wants, you know, she's a prize fighter. Like all the women that that fight for for money to get paid, they're professionals, and they want to get the most they can. Well, in MMA, she's almost guaranteed 25000 a fight. Mm. In boxing, maybe ten, maybe. And it's it's a big difference. Sad, it's a sad difference. You know, it shouldn't be that way. But uh, she's fighting on a Heyman card, and instead of being televised, she's not going to be televised. She'll be streamed on Showtime's uh, YouTube page and also on Showtime's Facebook page. But she's not going to be televised on the Showtime like the guys are. And it's it's not Showtime's fault. It's, a, it's actually DeBella's promotion, but Al Heyman is basically dictating who goes in that show. Mm-hmm. And so her fight's not going to be televised, so that's why she gets less money. And that's another reason a lot of girls don't want to step up and fight her. Because they want more money. They can't believe that she's only offering $10,000 to fight Amanda Serrano. So you get girls like Zelina Vergenovic who won't fight her for anything less than 25. Well, mm-hmm. they don't have 25 to offer Zelina Vergenovic or the girl from uh, El Paso. They don't have that kind of money. So Jennifer she can't Hunt. fight those girls. Yeah. yeah, she can't fight them. So why, why even do this? I don't know. Does she uh, have a, it's a, it's MMA a, it's fight? It's history. It's history. Mm-hmm. She wants to make the history. But she doesn't have, I mean, her, when was her fight in MMA? Was April, I believe, or when was that? Yeah, it was about late March, I think. Yeah. So she doesn't have a fight lined up for MMA where she can make her guaranteed 25000 Uh, I think she did. She just uh, participated in a, I think it was a jiu-jitsu tournament. I don't think it's professional, but she's trying. Uh, she had a very hard fight in the MMA. She almost lost. Yeah. She fought to a draw. I mean, she struggled. She was winning the fight, but once it went down to the floor, it was a whole different ballgame. Because most boxers don't fight well on the floor. And so she's, I think she's trying to work on her craft so that she's ready for her next MMA fight all the way. Yeah. So it's a whole, different, is- a whole different game. Yeah, and it's understandable that that she would do that because Amanda Serrano, from what we've seen from her and spoken to her about, she wants to be prepared and she wants to put her best foot forward and she wants to give herself all the opportunity to win because she's a winner. You know, she only has one loss as a boxer, which I believe she she uh, avenged. And and like you mentioned in her first fight in MMA, didn't go as planned. She did fight a tough fighter a Mexican girl, I remember, who had experience in MMA, who was an MMA fighter, who was not coming from any other uh, discipline but MMA. And here we have Amanda Serrano, who's a boxer, who's moving into that world and obviously has a lot to learn. So she did have a tough fight. She fought to a draw, so she didn't lose. So I do believe that Amanda may be taking her time to get better so that she could go back in there and in the meantime make a little bit of money and make some history and win this title. Now, if we go to the 140-pound division, it's going to be really hard to make money in that division at 140 pounds because the fighters in that division, the champions are Argentinian, 
who are hardly known in the United States, if at all. Uh, Ana Laura exactly. Steche, the WBA champion and the IBF champion. The WBC champion is Erika Anabella. Biggest claim to fame was that she fought uh, Cecilia Breakhouse, and she's looking for a Cecilia Breakhouse rematch. And then Anaí Esther Sanchez is the WBA interim champion. So if Cindy Serrano captures the WBO title on Saturday night, the the it's going to be the same thing as she's fighting right now. I mean, uh, she's going to be continuing, even though these girls are world champions. So they might give her another 2,000, maybe another 5,000 to fight one of these girls. Yeah. But it's not going to be anything near what she's making in MMA. Uh because these girls are not known in the United States, so they're not going to bring anything to the table except that world title that they that they personally hold. So it's going to be a little bit tough for for Amanda Serrano to be enticed to stay in boxing and defend that WBO title because of money. Yeah, she did want Katie Taylor, but Katie Taylor didn't want her. She picked her sister. Yeah, well, that could happen in the future as well. And if and if she wants to continue to make history in boxing and still work on her MMA craft, she could fight one of these other women in division at 140 pounds, which is something that she has never done in any of the divisions that she's won a world title that she's never unified. So if she could look to do that against any of well the world titles at 140 who happen to be also Argentinian, like her next opponent, um, uh, Esther Reynoso, Yamila Esther Reynoso enough to entice her. Now, we're waiting for Amaris Quintana. David, I don't know if you want to try to contact her. It's been uh, half an hour since we started the show. Um, so I don't know if you want to send her a quick message and see if she if she could get on yeah, with us. Uh, so while David does that, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more about that fight um, and what's coming up. Or maybe we go and talk about that Montserrat Alarcón fight, split decision win against Mayela Perez. Like I mentioned, there are it wasn't televised. There are some videos here and there uh, on Facebook, but it's not the entire fight. And what I've seen is controversial. You know, Mayela Perez did look good. And, I mean, I'm only talking about what I saw, and it wasn't the whole fight. It, it was only a round here and there, and it was only one of some of the beginning rounds. But Mayela Perez, who is from Coahuila, Mexico, so they were fighting in her hometown, did look sharper of the two. She was losing her movement. She was counterpunching very, very well. And Montserrat Lacon, at least in the beginning rounds that I was able to watch on Facebook, um, to the facts, so they're just videos that people posted in support of Mayela Perez. Um, looked like she was having trouble with her timing. It looked like she was having trouble with her gauging her distance to Mayela Perez. So she was throwing punches, but she was missing by, by inches. So obviously we can't talk about the whole fight because we haven't seen the whole fight, but Mayela Perez has gone on record to protest the decision. But one thing that needs to be said is that obviously there were WBA judges there. It was in Mayela Perez's hometown of Coahuila, Mexico. So by so for the um, visiting fighter to get a split decision nod, traditionally in boxing is that they were they put on a pretty good fight, good enough to to convince the judges in the hometown of her opponent that she won the fight. So. So that's that. And like we mentioned, uh, Alarcón becomes the first Mexican woman to ever win a world title at 102 pounds. So that's a new world record. 
I mean, well, it's a new record in, in, the, in the history of boxing. And let's just see how long she holds that title because in that division, it's quite hard to I mean she has to have she has to have a promoter that that can bring on the 102 pound uh the 102 pound uh um uh, so or or contenders or rivals and just going to the WBA just going to the WBA and going down the rankings number 1 is Venezuela and Eva Guzman that fight could possibly be made Bringing in, bringing her in from Venezuela, if they could get her a passport. Then number two is Silvia Torres, who I, I've actually never seen her. She's usually a 105 pounder. Then we have Japanese Mika Iwakawa, which financially might be somewhat difficult to bring her from Japan. Then we have Nane Suzuki, another Japanese, at number four. Then we have the Costa Rican Jocasta Valle at number five. Then we have another Japanese by the name of Nao, Nao Ikeyama. Then we have a Turk by the name of Ozelem Sahim. And then number eight is Mayela Perez, who she just defeated for the vacant world title. So there are some fights there that she can make. Silvia Torres, Eva Guzman. Um, if they could get enough money to bring in the Japanese girls or Jocasta Valle. I mean, that might be a good shot for Jocasta Valle. Is that if they weren't able to televise it, the title fight, TV. So if they don't have TV, they don't have a lot of funds to be able to entice some of these winners to come and challenge for the world title. Now, maybe Montserrat Larcón and Mayela Perez fought for little or and that tends to happen because they just want the opportunity to win the world title. One, to call themselves a world champion, and two, to be able to defend that world title because if you're a world champion and you start defending, that is the best shot of you making money. David, any any news from Amaris? Uh, nothing yet. Nothing yet. Okay. So let's see if she calls. So let's go and take a little bit of a dive into the upcoming calendar because we do have some fights and we could actually we actually have the time to actually go in there and talk a little bit more in depth about them. And more than just naming them off. So starting starting on Saturday, it's going to be a big fight night, not only in five, because we do have a fight card from the Forum in Los Angeles, which David's going to be present at, but we also have a fight at the Barclay Center uh, with the uh, main event between Danny Garcia and Sean Porter. And like we have mentioned, fights, um, both of those fight cards have women women boxing on them and then we also have a couple other um in other parts of the world that are pretty interesting starting off in croatia emma cousin will be facing irais hernandez in a 10 rounder for the vacant wbc silver 168 pound title david emma cousin we've spoken to her here about before she's 13 and no she holds some re- some fringe 160 pound titles, undefeated, 13 and 0, and she's going to be going up to 168 to capture her first somewhat major world title, even though it is the silver world title. But it's going to rank her in the top 10 for the WBC if she's not already ranked there. 
And she's going to be fighting Iraiz Hernandez. If you remember Iraiz Hernandez, she's a fighter that I believe she was like 2-0 or 3-0 when she fought Maricela Cornejo some months ago and gave her quite possibly one of the best fights that Cornejo's ever had and one of the toughest fights that she's ever had, despite only being 3-0, 4-0 or something like that, or 3-1. I mean, she had like five fights or less, David. So now she's traveling mm-hmm. to Croatia to fight Emma Cousin, uh, 168 pounds. Yeah, she's very good. And she then fought the heavyweight champion in the, what it was, the super middleweight division. Alejandra and a draw. Yeah, Alejandra yeah, Jimenez. So this, so this girl can fight. She can fight. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup in uh, Croatia. Yeah, and I'm looking at the, I'm actually looking at the 160 pound ratings for the WBC, and I do have to mention that they're for June. So we already got July, we already have July, and none of these two women are actually ranked at W by the WBC at 168 pounds. Neither Iraiz Hernandez or Emma Cousin because the WBC kind of does take their time in putting out their, their ratings. But let's see if they're ranked at 160. Well, Emma Cousin is the international WBC champion at 160 pounds for the WBC. And Iraiz Hernandez is not ranked at 160 pounds. Emma Cousin is ranked at number one for 160 pounds, moving up to 168 pounds. Now, we do know that the champion at 160 pounds is Christina Hammer, and all things indicate that she's going to be fighting uh, Clarissa Shields in that weight class um, pretty soon. I saw Mark Taffet, who is Clarissa Shields' co-manager, or was it November, David, that he mentioned on Twitter, not saying that it was official, but that it was pretty close to being official. I think either October or November, that we might see that fight happen between right. Christina Hammer and Clarissa Shields. So yeah, I think it was November that they're thinking, but it could be October. They're just trying to clear up the calendar for Showtime. Yeah, and and, and for Emma Cousin to fight and win this title against not a ranked fighter, but at least we know that we we that have seen her fight and seen what she's done and seen who she's fought and who she's given tough fights to. It, it makes sense, you know. She's a good fighter, and we're gonna. And I think that might be Emma Cousins, best because even though Iraiza Hernandez and she only has a record of two and one and one, um, she's gonna give her a tough fight because she did give Maricela Cornejo a tough fight, who has, um, you know, a lot more experience than her, and she gave Alejandra Jimenez a. She fought. It was a majority draw. Alejandra Jimenez at the time of the. And one thing that we also have to realize that in Mexico, sometimes these women fight and they fight on very, very small cards. And sometimes those results do not get reported to box rec. So she might have a little bit more fights than we might know of, or true. at least box rec knows of, you know, but, but it's not going to be a national, all of a sudden she's not going to come out that she's 15. not going to happen, but she might have one or two or maybe three more fights that have not been reported because they, she's fought on very slow, uh, small cards. But now we'll come back to the calendar. But now with us, we have none other than the WBC international strawweight champion and former NABF strawweight champion, Miss Amariz Diamond Girl Quintana. Amariz, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you guys doing? 
Good. Thank you for uh, joining us here on the two-minute round. Obviously, you know that I'm Felipe Leon, and with me is David Avila. David Avila. So I'm going to pass the baton to Mr. David Avila. He's going to start with you, and then I'll I'll finish up. Go ahead, David. Perfect. Amiris, how are you? Hey, David. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for for uh, taking the time. I know that you're a busy busy person. You do a lot. No problem, no problem. Sorry, I was calling you guys late. Just it was a long day at work today. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that most people don't know that even if you have titles, most women have jobs. They have jobs. They have families. They have, and 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 in your case, you have dogs and cats and horses and uh-huh. and you're yes. that's the one thing a lot of people don't know about you. <laughs> how do you how do you yeah. do it? How do you do that? I guess I just learned to balance them. I learned to multitask. <laughs> I balance. <laughs> I work like a bit over forty hours a week, plus training, plus you know paying attention to my dog, plus making some time for my horse. So, but you know, it it keeps me it keeps me busy, and it's things I love to do, so I don't mind. Yeah, that's an amazing. I, I see your stuff on on social media, and and I. I'm always amazed you do so much. And then you yeah. box. And you box. Yeah. And, you know, you, you just won the title. So so tell me about that fight. You you fought somebody at the last minute. And then uh, yes. because they replaced the original opponent. And then they tell you, okay, what, you're going to fight this girl. She's 5-0. and oh. What did you think when, yes. when they said, uh, what was your reaction when they tell you you're going to fight somebody 5-0 and oh now? I mean, it's a reaction that I'm pretty used to because it's, it's happened a lot, especially at my weight and especially in women's boxing. You know, sometimes it's just hard to get opponents or last minute they either don't come through or they get hurt or something. And it's, it's hard to get fights, so I was just happy I got an opponent. I know it wasn't going to be an easy opponent. I know she was tough. She was come, she's undefeated, but um, I, trained my, I trained very hard for this, and I was ready. Yeah, you really were ready. What what was your game plan going into the fight? Uh, my game plan was to box her a bit, you know, see what she she brought to the to the plate, and uh, I did. I, I boxed her, you know, I boxed first round, and then um, I just decided, you know, my corner of me decided to go go in for it. And you have three straight knockouts in a row. I mean. What what's yes. changed? Where did you get this power from? I mean, it's something that I've always had. I was never taught to use it or to to work on my strength, and um, that's something I'm really happy for right now. Um, thanks to my manager Alex Deludio. Uh he's been helping me a lot since the last few years, and um, he's been supporting me in everything and motivating me and um, pushing me. You know. And he's the one that got mm-hmm. me with my trainers, Juan Estrada and uh, Angel Estrada. And they've been they've been pushing me, training me hard, and, you know, having me focus on – they know I'm an aggressive fighter. That's something that will never change. But also working on my speed and also working more on my technique and uh, sitting down more on my punches. Oh, okay. And, and you, this is – you won the WBC uh, – is it the international title? Intercontinental, oh, yes. Intercontinental, yeah, that's what it's uh. And yeah. You have a title now, and and on Saturday, 
there's two women are going to be fighting for the WBC uh, Adam Weight title uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, Luisa Houghton and Brenda Flores from Tijuana. Um, yes. Do you feel that, has your team talked about possibly fighting the winner of that fight? Yeah, of course we've talked about it. It's two opponents that I know that I'm gonna be fighting. So when the time comes to fight them, we will fight them. Yeah, are you gonna be at that fight? I don't think I will make it. So I, oh, okay. unfortunately, I have to work on Saturday. So. Oh man, you're a workaholic. Yeah. So, so tell us about the. Uh, well, let, let me uh, pass you on to to Felipe because I know he was really interested in this too. Uh, do, do you yeah. care to ask those questions, uh, Felipe? Yeah, Amaris. You know, I, when this fight was announced with Luisa Harden and 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 Brenda Flores, I, I got kind of yes. upset because I know you. You know, we talked about it in the interview that we had about a month and a half ago where I followed your career. I'm here in San Diego. I've yes. seen the majority of your fights. <clears throat> and I was kind of upset because I believe that you were being passed on, even though you fought at 105 pounds. Uh, like your natural or like the weight that you like to fight at, I'm sure that you could make 102 pounds. And I think that, that you were more deserving, quite honestly, than either one of those women to fight for that world title. I mean, we do know that Luisa Haddon is a former world champion, but, I mean, you fought yes. uh, current world champions. You fought you fought to a draw to two-time 112-pound uh, champion Melissa McMorrow twice. You fought yes. um, uh, in the city, Amador. So I don't, I don't believe there's anybody in the United States or Mexico that is more deserving to fight for that 100 bacon, 102-pound fighter in Los Angeles, near your home, where I'm sure a lot of your followers would go to support you than you. But once again, you're passed over. So did you think about those things that I thought about? I mean, I'm not even you, and I'm getting upset because of those things. So did you think about those things when, when you heard about that fight? Yeah, you know what? Uh, we were offered that fight. But coming from the the from coming from this fighting, I had a little time off, so we knew it was too soon to take it, you know. And uh, I'm not I'm not gonna be the fighter to take short notice uh, fights, you know. Like I have a manager and I have a good trainers and uh, I have I have my team set and uh, we're ready to fight the best out there. Like I have like I always have, you know. I've I've never backed down from any fight. I fought the best of the best, and that's what I'm going to keep doing. But I'm going to be smart about my game, smart about everything, you know? I got to take care of my career because if I don't take care of it, if my manager doesn't take care of it, then who will? So that is an opportunity that that, that they did offer us, but we knew it was – I was barely coming back from uh, having a little vacation. So – we let we let that one go, but we know we'll come back for that. And um, when it, when it is time, I, I will be ready to take either one. Now, I do I do I did hear that that Brenda Flores did take the fight on short notice. What? Yes. Did they give you? I mean, this fight's this Saturday. When did they call you to offer you the fight? Same time they they located uh, they were contacting uh, Brenda Flores. So what was that about three weeks ago, four weeks ago? How long was it? About yeah, about four weeks, a month I would say. Mhm. 
Yeah, and, so, and so yeah, if if anybody you know knows that to get ready for a world title fight like that, you need at least at least six weeks, if not eight weeks, to get ready exactly. for something like that. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, I I I commend you that that. You know, there's a lot of women out there, and Brenda Flores might be one of them that, you know, will take the fight. Obviously, she's getting the biggest paycheck of her career because, yes. you know, she is fighting for the first time in the United States. So she is getting the biggest payday of her career. And that's something that perhaps yes. your situation, um, you don't have to do that because, like you say, you work 40-plus hours a, um, a week. Your home life is somewhat different than you don't have any children. And... Um, and your home life is a little bit different, so you don't you don't really take the fights for the money, but you take them for how they fit into your career. Exactly, like I'm at the age where I need a I need to watch out for my career, and I I need to build it. You know, I came from a loss, and uh, that set me up set me back a little. But like you said, like like a lot of people take me for granted. A lot of people, you know, push me to the side. But it's something that's always motivated me and pushed me to keep working. You know. Like, before my surgery, like, everybody thought I was done, you know? That was the, I heard people saying that I was washed off, that I was done, that I was never coming back, and look at where I'm at now. And uh, I have a big thank you that I have to give it to my manager, Alex. You know, he's the one that didn't give up on me. He's the one that's been looking out for me, and he's got me where I have to be and where I need to be. And all we got to do is, like, uh, we don't look back anymore. Uh, we just keep moving forward. I keep working hard. I'm back in the gym getting better and better and just keep moving forward. So for those people that didn't get a chance to listen to our interview, our face-to-face that we had about a month and a half ago or read the article at com, you mentioned your surgery. Give us a brief rundown of what that was and, and how it came about. Yes. It was just like one of those random doctor visits, you know, did like an x-ray and found out that I had a cyst in my heart. Apparently, it was already as big as the size of a softball. So that's, I was supposed to fight, and a month before the fight, that's when they found it. So that set me off a little bit. But thank God, um, that was, I was able to remove that, and everything was good. It was not, it was not cancerous. So I'm back in it. I took my time off. I rehabilitated. I did everything I had to do. I rested, and I'm back. Now, since that, since having that surgery and having that rehab and everything, did your doctor tell you that you had to look for certain things, or did you have to do some, do some checkups that maybe uh, you didn't have to do before, just to make sure that it doesn't come back, or or is there a chance of it coming back? I'm not too familiar with. I mean, that. yeah, like they said, uh, they don't know if I had that from since I was born, or it just. It just started growing out of nowhere, and uh, that's something that I asked her to, and she couldn't answer. She said uh, most most of the time they don't, they never come back. So for now, like I have no issues. Like I do my regular routine. Everything's been good. My last, they did my last um, test, and everything was good. Like like they t- she told me, like my heart was a, a little bit more accelerated than nor- than nor- than the regular, but that mm-hmm. with time it, it's gotten better, you know. And my conditioning has been much better. Like, I see the difference. Like, it was something that was holding me back before, but I never took a point to it or, you know, bothered to, to get checked up. 
but I, I didn't quit, you know, I kept training and like I always have and um now with this, like there's no looking back. Like I feel great. I'm training hard, I'm doing everything that I love in life. I I got my WBC title and uh now we're going for the world title hopefully soon. Now, have you has your team had talks because the the 105 pound title is vacant and you're ranked as of June number eight, but I'm sure with your new intercontinental title, you're gonna go up in those rankings, maybe even in the top five. So, yeah. has your team had any conversations with that, and and which way we're going with that? So we we have talked about it, and it's something that we have in the game plan, and um, we just gotta and see what 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 gets offered next. Now, if given the opportunity and they offered you the the vacant 105-pound title or to go against the winner of this Saturday's fight at 102, which one would you be more interested in? Either one, you know, like we'll take whatever whatever is best for us. So, mm-hmm. so do you have a, a fight so right now? That we would have to talk with my team, you know, see what they have to offer, see when the score and something that of course we're gonna take in mind. Who who do you see winning the fight on Saturday night between Harden and Brenda Flores? I mean I'm sure that you're familiar with Brenda. You've seen her fight plenty yeah. of times in Tijuana. I don't know if you had a chance to see uh Luisa Harden. So if you had to choose who do you think would win that fight on Saturday night? I think it's gonna be a good fight. Like like you said, I've seen Brenda Flores fight. She has speed. She has uh a lot of heart. I I haven't really seen a Lisa a lot, but um, I'm sure it'll be a good fight and may the best one win. Have you sparred Brenda Flores? No, I have not. Mm, okay, and and do you have any fights uh in the horizon right now? Do you have something coming um, up? Ho- yes, we're shooting to. I believe it will be November sixteenth. And uh, I believe it'll be here in San Diego at the Viejas Casino. So that's oh, the, the the latest one we have next. But hopefully that goes through, and hopefully we get an opponent and everything goes well. And yeah, that that'll be my next fight date, November 16. November 16. Are you gonna be defending that 105 pound intercontinental title? Yes. Okay. And David, anything else for you? No, no, that's really uh, exciting news. I can uh, hopefully nothing prevents me from going down there to, to watch that one. Because I'm always, uh, yeah, I'm always excited about watching Amadis fight. Yeah. There you go. Thank you, David. Well, well, there you have it. We have Amadis WBC Intercontinental 105 pound title, animal lover, hardworking woman <laughs> here on the two minute round. Thank you, Amadis, for being with us. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for having me. All right. Take care, Amaris Quintana. Thank you. Good night. And there you have it, Amaris Quintana, Intercontinental Champion, who we know is going to be watching that fight between Luisa Harden and Brenda Flores quite intently. She wants a world title fight. She doesn't care if it's at 105 or 102 pounds. I don't think that now with her team, she would go up 108 or 110 past. I've seen her do it in the past and the reason that she had to do it is because you just can't find an opponent in her weight class. I mean, she's she's a, a small girl, thin girl, 
with I, I believe David that fifty percent of her body is her heart because she has a ton of heart. Yeah, yeah, and she now she has this uh, newfound power, and she's been de- uh, demolishing her her opponents. Uh, yeah, she's been, and, and and it's good thing. I mean, Angel Estrada and Juan Estrada. For those that don't know, Angel Estrada was a former a former fighter here locally in San Diego. I think she he went up to six and zero, seven and zero, and he ended up retiring. He went back to school, and did what he needed to do. Juan Estrada is also a longtime local trainer here in San Diego, and his biggest claim to fame is that for the last couple of fights, he's worked the corner. Uh, none other than the Tijuana Tornado, Antonio Margarito. So we'll see. Um, so so Amarisa has been working with him for her last three fights since that little hiatus that she had. She's gone through a number of trainers here in San Diego, but in our conversation that you can find on our archives here, she mentioned that she's very happy with with um, with Juan Estrada. Thinks that he's helping her a lot in her in her uh, style. And, and the proof is in the pudding, David. You said it yourself. She scored three knockout wins in her last three fights. And we're talking about a fighter that in her first nine, well, nine plus three is 12 plus 15 fights, she only had one knockout. And then what, I was at that fight where she scored that knockout. It was against Catarina de la Cruz. And he, mm-hmm. she dropped de la Cruz in the first round from a body shot, but the fight was stopped because something got into Catarina de la Cruz's eye. And she wasn't able to continue. So it was somewhat of, it was a TKO. It was a knockout. She couldn't continue. It's considered a knockout. And she did drop her in the first round, but it wasn't like a knockout, knockout. Like, you know, but yeah. her last three but knockouts. Last three. Yeah, the last three knockouts, Dave, she's overwhelmed. She's overwhelmed her uh, her opponents and scored legitimate knockouts. So yeah, she's, a very, she's a very low key woman, but. These last fights, she looks like she's very angry. <laughs> she's angry at somebody, and she's yes. she's just destroying opponents. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't have the uh, if you don't if you haven't had a chance to see Amaris Quintana fight, if you're not in locally in the Southern area, um, I'm sure you can find footage of her on YouTube, and you're gonna see that sometimes. I've seen her box, David. I've seen her sparring with her where yeah. she actually boxes and moves and uses angles and uses her, her movement and, and her jab. But sometimes, like you say, you know, her, her, her emotions get to her. And she, she's admitted it to me in, in, uh, that she just can't help herself and she loves to brawl. She loves to mix it up and she just takes over. I mean, I know one of her trainers, I know all her trainers that she's had in the past, but one in particular, his name is David Gutierrez, who in his was uh he was he's in his he's older now I mean, he's retired obviously but David Gutierrez he's actually training his son now his son five and oh six and oh seven and oh um his son a uh, am, good amateur pedigree David Gutierrez great amateur care pedigree I don't know if you're familiar with him David because oh yeah he was a am, amateur he's a career very too. he's an attorney and he was a professional he was fourteen and oh and then he ended up hurting his arm he had to retire. Um, but I would see him in, at sparring sessions and in and in um, um, live fights get very very frustrated with Amaris because they they had worked on some, uh, on techniques and and certain strategies in in the gym and Amaris, which is good for us as fight fans, 
just throws it out the window <laughs> and goes out there and starts throwing punches like like the devil. And sometimes it was to her detriment, and you know, and just made her fights harder than they should be. But it looks like Juan Estrada has got her to focus more on the on the strategy, on the game plan, and obviously, like she said, sit down on her punches and score those knockouts. So good for her. And I hope we get to see her soon. Hopefully that fight on November 16th fruition, yeah, and we I'll... get to see her on the world stage soon enough. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, moving on, we go back to our upcoming calendar, Saturday, September 8th in Kenya, Africa. Fatima Sarika, the WBC full-fledged 122-pound champion, will be defending her title against Jamiles Mercado. And to a certain extent, if Javelis Mercado somehow pulls the upset fight, David, it makes things so much easier for one, Mariana La Barbie Juarez, who has said time and time again since she captured that 118-pound WBC title that her main goal is to capture that fourth title in four divisions. 122-pound title. She mentioned that they had offered her, they had offered a fight to Sarika. Sarika didn't want to make it a title fight. Um, but if Yamelis Mercado somehow what is able to pull the upset in Kenya, Africa, it makes it all that much easier for 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 Mariana because with Mariana's pull, with Mariana's popularity, with Mariana's promoter and TV network behind her, Televisa, the biggest terrestrial network in Mexico, who broadcasts female fighting on primetime Saturday nights, I am sure they could make a very, very substantial and very tantalizing offer to Mercado to defend the WBC title against Mariana Juarez. Sure, would be something. But obviously, Juarez has to get past not so necessarily. She could lose to Jackie Nava and still fight for the WBC title. 122. True. So we'll see what happens there. And, you know, I'm I'm sure that, that Mariana Juarez is going to be going to uh, the biggest or the most, I don't know if it's the biggest, David, but it's the most um, prestigious, I don't want to say prestigious, it's the, the the oldest, I could be the oldest church in the whole country of Mexico, Mexico City, right next to the Zocalo, where she gathered 400,000 for one of her fights, and I'm sure she's going to go into that church early Saturday morning and put a candle and pray that Jamilis Mercado wins that fight. Yeah, that would be good for her. <laughs> so um, on Saturday, September 8th, from the uh, Forum in Inglewood, California, 360 Promotions gives us Luisa Haddon, who is promoted by Tom Loeffler and 360 Promotions, facing Brenda Flores for the vacant WBC 102-pound title. I think we talked about enough about that fight and what what kind of repercussions it can have. First woman of the of their countries to win that title for the WBC and obviously the doors that open up for them in in that division 102 pounds also from the Barclay Center in Brooklyn New York Amanda Serrano goes for that elusive sixth title against Argentinian Jamila Esther Reynoso it will be for the vacant 
world title. Also, we talked about extensively on this show about that fight. So we'll see if Amanda Serrano wins that fight like it's expected. Um, we'll see how tough of a night she has. Let's see if she can knock out a fighter that's never been knocked out. So we'll see how that goes. And then we'll see what Amanda Serrano decides to do with that world title. And then on Thursday, September 13th, the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, Golden Boy Promotions on ESPN2 gives us Maricela Cornejo against Franchon Cruz in a 10-rounder for the vacant interim WBC 168-pound title. So in, a, in less than, in about five-day span, we're going to have two women fighting for the vacant WBC title at 168 pounds and the interim 168-pound title, while the 168-pound title is held, it's vacant because Clarissa Shields should vacate it or will be vacated pretty soon, don't you think? Oh, yeah, it's vacated. So She, she vacated the title. Why wouldn't they make the Cornejo French on Cruz for, for the vacant full-fledged title, David? It is for the full-fledged title. Oh, it's not the interim anymore? Yes. No, it's not interim anymore. It's a full-fledged title. WBC. Oh, well, there you go. Well, there you go. Then we'll have the, we'll have a, a world title, a world champion between Cornejo and Franchon Cruz. And then maybe the winner, yeah, the winner of Emma Cousin against Iraiz Hernandez hopefully get to a, a challenge. Man, that'd be great if Emma Cousin pulls it off. 13-0 and 0, should be 14-0 and 0 in fighting the winner, Cornejo and Franchon Cruz. Uh, or who, or the winner of Cornejo and Franchon Cruz going against Alicia Napoleon or Femke Hermans, who are also world champions at 168 pounds. Alicia Napoleon, the WBA, even though she's technically never fought at 160, 168 pounds or division <laughs> as a world champion. And then Femke Hermans, a champion. David, who do you got? Cornejo Cruz, what are your thoughts? Cornejo, uh, that is such a close fight. As soon as they mentioned it, I said, I don't know who's going to win. I really don't. It's one, it's one of those 50-50 fights. Uh, it's Cornejo's strength versus Cruz's speed. I know. I, I, I mean, I'm thinking about it right now, David. And, I mean, I want to give a prediction. And you're going to have to give a prediction, David. Gun to your head. But, uh, I mean. Yeah, you know, I've been in that predicament before where I really couldn't choose. And you know what happened? Two times it ended in a draw. <laughs> mm. I don't know, it, man. It, that's what I with? predicted with with Golovkin and uh, and uh, Canelo. I didn't know yeah. who to pick, and I yeah, but and it ended in a draw. <laughs> but David, come on! I mean, that was eighty percent, eighty percent of, and we're not gonna get into that because this is an all-female boxing <laughs> show. That's right. Eighty percent of eighty percent of the of the public, whether it be media or fight fans, saw one of the other win, and the one that people saw win is not from Mexico. That's all I'm going to say, okay? <laughs> I don't know who you saw win. I know who I saw win in that fight, and I agree <laughs> with you. It's, it's a pick em fight. Well, well, let me put it this way. I thought Golovkin won, mm-hmm. but I saw a couple of rounds that could have been the other way. Yeah. Wow, this is going to be a good fight, like I can't wait. You're going to be there live, right, at the Cornejo Cruz oh, yeah. fight? Absolutely. And you know what, David, and I agree with you, it's the power and the size of Cornejo against the somewhat 
more experience, uh, more technique than Cruz. Cruz yeah. has a very she she doesn't have that many fights. She has one loss against Clarissa Shields. Good fight, competitive fight, but Cruz but mm-hmm. won that fight hands down. There was no doubt that Shields won that four round fight. Um, Cruz has a very extensive amateur career. Cornejo doesn't. Yes, Cornejo does. has. Cornejo has much has a, about almost three times the the professional experience that Cruz has. Cornejo, um, and I'm gonna go because I think that maybe her corner is gonna be the more experienced at this level in the world class level than Cruz corner, and maybe Joel Diaz is able is gonna be able to. Make to make Cornejo to win the fight, but I'm very hesitant because Cornejo, we've seen her in the last year, year and a half, and she's admitted it herself in the other interviews and with us, David, that that some of her performances against Iraiz Hernandez and the one before that weren't her best performances. One thing about Cornejo, very frank about her performances, she's very candid about what she feels she did in a particular fight and that's the thing is that she's inconsistent so if if the best Cornejo we've seen shows up I think she wins because of her experience as a professional and because of her corner and because of her power but if we have an inconsistent Cornejo I think Cruz has enough to win could be and then on the other side we have Cornejo winning three straight fights by knockout yeah, but yeah. I mean, but none of those opponents have been. It. But one thing that we can yeah. say about those knockouts is that none of those opponents have been at the level as far as talent and technique that Cruz has, even though Cruz has three or four fights. Correct? True, true, true. Very I mean, true. her last three fights have been against Samantha Phil, who was 3 0, but we saw, everybody mm-hmm. that watched that fight saw that Samantha Phil wasn't the most technical savvy or, or talented fighter. That's not a lie. And she stopped her in, in the third round. Claudia Ramirez, um, she was one and two, uh, stopped her in the third round. And then Lisa Noel, Lisa Noel Garland is basically up to 160 pounds. And she got stopped in four rounds. And then before that was a split decision win against Iraiz Hernandez. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, but it all depends what Cornejo shows up. If the Cornejo that we saw against Samantha Pill, because she looks pretty sharp in that fight, shows up against Cruz, I think I don't think she's going to knock out Cruz, but I think she's going to be able to dominate or at least win the fight with a with a with a decision. But if the Iraí, the the but if the, if the Cornejo Hernandez shows up, Maybe, maybe, maybe we got a different ending on on uh, Thursday, September thirteenth. Yeah, that's going to be a heck of a fight. I think yeah, it's going to it's going to be one of those fights that uh, we're going to watch over and over again. Yeah. Now Friday. I hope so. At least I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Hope, hopefully, it's a great fight. Hopefully, it doesn't end in the first or second round. But if it ends in the second, first or second round, then you know, it's going to be an exciting fight because if it ends that quickly, it's going to be exciting. You know, what if it's like Thomas Hearns, Marvin Hagler from the first round, they just go yeah. at it, you know? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to say no to that. 
yeah, I don't want to say no to that. And whoever wins, it's going to be, it's going to be spectacular. So I, I can't wait. Thursday, September 13th. And it's going to be televised on ESPN. It's going to be the same. No doubt about it. It's going to be on TV. So tune in and watch it. And that's one thing that you could give kudos to Golden Boy Promotions. When they do things right, we say it. And when they do things wrong, we say it here as well on the two-minute you know, matchup. Um, Marlene Esparza, not so great. Uh, on TV, we've seen her them match up Sinias uh, Estrada, not so great on TV, but they basically erased all that in the past with this fight here, David. Absolutely. This is the fight. Friday, September 14th from Argentina, Deborah Anaí Dionisis goes against Jorgelina Guanini in a 10 round for the IBF 115-pound title. From Germany, also on Friday, September 14th, Raja Amache who was a longtime WBC silver flyweight champion, went up to 115 pounds and captured the WBO title. She will be against Peru's Triple L, Linda Laura Lecha, on Friday, September 14th. And lastly, the same night from Japan, our favorite Japanese fighter, no doubt the best female Japanese fighter of all time, Naoko Fuyoka, five-time world champion in five divisions, goes against Mexican former world champion Irma for the WBA 112-pound title. So, David, great, great fights the next two weeks. Absolutely. The door has just been slammed open, and uh, we got a lot of fights coming up back to back to back. I think it's going to go all the way till uh, December like this. I yeah, because like we mentioned, we got Katie Taylor coming up in September or October. We got mm-hmm. that Nicola Adams against Isabel Millan coming up. We got the rematch between Yesenia La Nina Gomez and Esmeralda La Jolla Moreno in late September, September 22nd in Mexico. And we're going to be talking about that, about those fights on our next show. So we got a bunch of fights coming up as well. We got the Hopefully the Carissa Shields, Christina Hammer fight to be made um, in October or November. And then we got whatever else might be coming. We have um, Adelaida La Cobra Ruiz coming back uh, in September. She slowed down a little bit. She was fighting almost every six weeks or every month, and she slowed down a little bit. She probably needed a little bit of rest summer. She has three kids. I'm sure they got some activities, but I follow her on social media. She's training. Now, before we go, David, it would have been expected that Marlene Esparza would have had somehow, some way, found her way onto that uh, that September 15th Canelo against Golovkin fight card in Las Vegas. She fought, I think she fought on the last one. She did. And she fought on the uh, Chavez Jr. fight in Vegas as well. But nowhere to be found on September 15th, David. Any, Any news? Uh, we haven't really heard anything from Marlene Esparza, or in that case, Sines Estrada, who if it wasn't Esparza, it could have been Sines Estrada fighting on that card. What happened? Well, I think in terms of Sines Estrada, they, they want a world title fight. Sinisa wants a world title fight now. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Golden Boy is basically holding her back. She's like this, this wild horse that wants to be set loose, and and they're trying to hold her back uh, to get the right moment. I think they want TV for her. Uh, just based on my talks with uh, Golden Boys matchmakers, they, they, they want, they're planning something big for Sinisa. 
they were mentioning November or late October, but uh, that's what they told me. Marlon, they didn't really say much. Uh, it's funny because I saw her about a month ago at Fantasy Springs, and I didn't get a chance to, to talk to her, but she was there watching the fights. Well, Sinez Estrada is ranked number three at 108 pounds by the WBC. Um, let me let me check the other rankings, uh, WBA. But I, I mean, I would I would expect that she would be fighting for the WBC title. Um, for the WBA, man, the WBA is crazy. They don't even rank her at 108 or any class. Why? That's crazy. And that their rankings for August. Let me see. No, no Sinez Estrada in any of the WBA rankings. Not at not at 115. Not at 112. Not at 108. Not at 105. No Sinez Estrada, wow. which is fun. I mean, she's probably be anybody they have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, many of I don't think they, there is anybody there. <laughs> well, I mean, they got I mean they got Lourdes Juarez number three at 112. Um, they got Jasmine Gonzalez at number five at 112. They got Jackie Cano. Oh, actually, actually, they have seen Insta Strata at number eight at 112. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I would love to see her. I would see her against Juarez. I would see her against Calvo. I mean, the biggest biggest moneymaker there is Lourdes Juarez, obviously the little sister of Mariana, but... Lourdes Juarez, you got to come to Mexico, and that's something that Sinez Estrada might not want to do. Although Golden Boy True. has made fights in Mexico, Maricela Cornejo has fought under the Golden Boy in Mexico. Yeah, but that's and, a Gomez. Yeah, but it's a Golden Boy. It's a co-promoter with Golden True. Boy on ESPN, and they could do it down there against Lourdes Juarez, but Lourdes Juarez, in her own right, is not going to go fight on a, on a Golden Boy car. She's with the biggest... Mexican promoter, arguably between Promociones del Pueblo and Sanford, but Promociones del Pueblo has Televisa, which we just mentioned is the biggest um, uh, terrestrial network in Mexico. So there's no way in hell that Lourdes Juarez fights in Mexico on a Golden Boy card. There's no point. Um, the IBF doesn't have her at 112. Let's see, 108. Give me one second here. Uh, 108. Um, 108, 108. Uh, no, not 108. So the only one that has a ranked is the WBA at eight, at eight on 112, which she doesn't really fight 112. She's a 108 pounder. She said herself plenty yeah. of times. Actually, the IBF has a number eight at 105. She can fight so, 105 too. Yeah, she could fight. She ha- and they have her at number eight, which is which is <laughs> surprising because let me tell you who they have above her. They have Luisa Hodden, who understandably, yeah. understandably, a uh, former world champion. So fine, number one, that's fine. The IBF champion is Joanna Pastrana from Spain. Number two for the IBF 105 pounds is it's also a veteran Japanese. She's fought for world titles before. She's held world titles before. Understandable. Number three is Ana Arazola, former, I think, silver flyweight champion. So, mm-hmm. uh, mm, you know, I don't think she's ever, I don't, I don't remember her ever fighting at 105. Then they have Samsung Tour Buamas from Thailand. But mostly an opponent, David, a, high, a world-class opponent, but mostly an opponent. 
Lampard, number four. They have Kumiko Ikehara at number five. They have Gretchen Avaniel from the Philippines, who is also a world-class opponent. And then they have from Turkey, Oslem Sahin, and then number eight, Sinez Estrada. So I think she deserves to be much higher, number three. Be, yeah, sometimes, they, sometimes these ratings are done and they really have no knowledge of of the person. Yeah. They just go by a record yeah. and they've never really or, seen the fighter. Yeah, I agree. And, and so, so but, but my point being here is that, okay, so let's say they want a world title, but they're holding thing is that you're taking away a, a great opportunity to promote female boxing on the biggest fight card of the year, even if it's not going to be on pay-per-view, obviously, but it could be streamed like Bolden Boy has done with their undercard, and she's going to be fighting on, exactly. a, on, a huge, on a huge platform. She's going to be at the Wayne. She's going to be at the, at the pre-fight press to get her name out there uh, in front of the, the most amount of press that's going to be at any fight card this year and she doesn't have any regional titles she's never fought for any title not an intercontinental not international not silver not even the nabf which is like the minor leagues of the wbc which amaris quintana has a lot of other fighters fought for so why not put sinis estrada on that undercard for the nabf title and just have her there and like they did with Marlene Esparza at the weigh-in, at the press conferences, in front of all this press, and just get her name out there if Marlene Esparza is not available for that date on September 15th. I agree. So, so at the same time, we applaud Golden Boy. They take one step forward with this Maricela Cornejo fight against Franchon Cruz on September 13th on ESPN. They take two steps back by not having one of the one of the three female fighters that they have and quite possibly the most talented one, depending on who you follow, or Marlene Esparza, um, on the biggest fight card of their year or and of boxing year, the Genetica Lafkin Saul Canelo fight. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Sunisa. I think uh, they have big plans for her from what I've been told. Uh, Marlene is the mystery. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. This is the 51 edition of the Two Minute Round. Your hooks and jazz look at the female boxing world. We had Amaris Quintana with us, giving us her opinion about this Friday, this Saturday night's fight uh, between Luisa Hanna and Brenda Flores and what's coming up for her. Uh, we talked about the upcoming calendar and all the great favorites going to be in the house for Saturday night, Hodden against Flores, and Thursday, September 13th for Conejo Cruz. So he's going to give us the ringside report on September 20th, our next show, which is the Thursday. So with that, David, why don't you give us your goodbyes? Well, thanks to everybody for listening in. And thank you, Amaris, for for joining in with us. Uh, it was our fourth time, and finally the fourth time was the charm. Yeah, we tried to get her a couple of times before, and we didn't have any luck. But now we had her, we thank her, and we bid you good night until September 20th. Good night. Good night.